0: Cassie was at our house one night uh for a little Christmas dinner. Oh, this was so good. <laughs> when, when I might have overdosed the entire party.
1: What? Wait, wait. It was like a secret Santa. Um Eric, I've never seen you laugh that hard. You got into like a laughing fit that you couldn't reel I back couldn't in. <laughs> and some of the ladies there did not think that was
2: funny. <laughs> but you and I did. But it was
1: we thought it was amazing.
2: Put that coffee down. That's
0: clown question, bro. Okay, before we get to the show, we're going to take care of a little housekeeping up top this time uh make sure you subscribe to the pod helps us out a ton head over to wherever you get your podcast hit that subscribe button if you're uh, a fan of the show and you listen all the time you've probably already done it if you haven't please do if you're a new listener trust the process okay live on the edge hit that subscribe button just tap it send it home Okay. Uh, follow us on Instagram, The Offscript Podcast on Instagram. You're going to see a lot of cool graphic design work from Tony Moles and his uh, team over at Anthem Agency. They do our stuff for us for social. You'll see it on Lance and I's social media, his Twitter, my Instagram. Uh, Ryan Lashane last week, he, he made us a really cool motion graphic uh, piece of art that we could use uh so if you're a new company or you're you know just looking to rebrand they are definitely somebody you need to give a give a look to tony moles over at the anthem agency a-n-t-h-m agency that's it all right guys let's get to the show
1: if you don't listen to off script you're crazy go subscribe now
0: all right another episode off script with Lance Zerline. I'm Eric. Hey. This, this is this is episode
2: 15, dude. Yeah. So um, we cracked them out. We we've been getting through them, and I I really like our guests. I've been very happy with who we've had. I'm very excited about today's guest as well. I think we've done a nice job of providing our listeners a little something about us, and then guests that are interesting. Frankly, right. yeah. some some interesting guests today. I am running a little behind our recording schedule because this is what I was making. A very stiff uh, Blackland Distillery vodka tonic with some lime. Simple, simple, nothing crazy. Uh, But I'm dealing with, you know, I dislocated my shoulder a month ago. I found out at physical therapy. I made it worse at physical therapy on Monday. And then I went to a different physical therapist who said, yeah, you had fractures in your socket. Like, you shouldn't really when did you get out of your sling? I said, pretty much day four or five. Yeah. Not good enough. Because it was, she said, yeah, you haven't, you haven't healed. Like Mm -hmm. there's no way you've, were you doing stuff with that arm? I said, yeah, I thought it was kind of like, you know, I'm good at coronavirus stuff. I'm really good at that. I'm good at NFL draft stuff. Um pitmaster, handyman, you know. I've gone through the list of things that yeah, I Yeah, we all know said. very well. Yeah, yeah you like yeah. to tell us. And those tell us are what all you're things. Not good at. Pastry chef, well, apparently orthopedic doctors? orthopedic um I'm not great with orthopedic concerns. Oh, very well.
0: Yeah. Last and- time I saw you, which was in person, I came in and did a little quick hit on the radio. Uh in in the middle of segments, you, you were you were kind of like grinding your back against the corner of a wall like a like a bear trying like to scratch bear. an itch.
2: <laughs> which is what I was doing mm-hmm. because I couldn't get there with my left shoulder. So the let me guess, that- that's not
0: now, what they told you to do when you went to physical therapy today.
2: It was I can keep scratching my back with uh, with Uh, door, but not by trying to pull my left arm backwards and do that. They said, all the stuff you've been trying to do, let's go ahead and stop that, okay? Let's just throw some ice on there, and let's pretty much do nothing Mm -hmm. for the next two weeks. So she said, basically, it's like you're about a week out of the injury instead of a month out. I'm like, oh, cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I mean, I I feel like uh, you should do a little research tonight when you get home pop Mm -hmm. online, they make back scratchers. Little things you just kind of keep on right. your desk. Maybe hit hit it up over the shoulder there. Look, look
2: I never back thought back. I'd be the guy that had to go get a back scratcher. You are, um, you but really I am now. Yeah, the day yeah. you be the day you
0: you 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 handle it by grinding against a wall <laughs> like a bear is the day you become back scratcher guy.
2: <laughs> no, but that wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for falling off a ladder and that whole thing. Yeah, so I don't want well, to. Th- that but you, you probably didn't think you were fall off a ladder guy either. But you are. I didn't. I didn't think I was, and I am now, and you know what's funny is when we were in um, Colorado, I remember the, my kids were, we were in this, like this park area we had gone to where you can go watch the sunset. It's supposed to be really cool, and there's these big boulders that are spaced out, I don't mm-hmm. know, like about four feet from each other, maybe mm-hmm. five feet, mm-hmm. and my kids are, like a couple of my kids are running and jumping from one to the next, to the. and in my mind, I'm like, ah, this is, Yeah. I remember doing that kind of stuff. Let Mm. me go do that. And in my mind, it said, "Mm," like my mind wouldn't let me do it. It just said, something's going to happen to your knee. So I know my mind knows don't do that. Right. Don't do that. My mind is telling me certain things I shouldn't do. My mind won't let me cut laterally anymore. When I do basketball stuff with my kids in the drive, there's certain things my mind knows don't fuck don't no no. But for some reason, my mind said, oh, go to the top rung of the ladder in a rainstorm with the ladder on top of some bushes and no one holding it. Yeah. My mind didn't know that, so fuck my mind.
0: Yeah, your mind, uh, it kind of, it fucked you there. Yeah, that was a yeah. mind fuck. Yeah, it was an absolute mind fuck. Let me tell you a mind fuck, speaking of, that I, I didn't realize this about myself. I mean, I guess I kind of did, but I didn't until... Last night, I went to the market, and... Something at the grocery market has changed due to COVID, and I didn't realize how much pleasure I got from choosing the right checkout line. Something that I, like, found so satisfying when I actually – like, I'm very competitive about it. So I, I always when I go to the market, I want to find or anything really like the toll. If you're in the toll road, and you got to pay the toll. You're or, or like you're go, getting ready to go into the ballpark. You know, you're trying to pick your line, you know, oh, it'd be the fastest. Right. Is that a guy thing, by the way, or is it I, everybody? I, I feel like it's us. I feel like it's everybody. I, I don't know anybody that would be like, you know what? I prefer to sit in this line for as long as it takes. No, but we it upsets up
2: with us if we pick the wrong line. Well, that just you don't get upset if you pick the wrong
0: line. Of course, I do. That's what yeah. I'm saying. But I mean, anybody okay. that doesn't, you know, fuck them like then you have no competitive <laughs> spirit. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you can't if you can't make that a, uh, like a serious decision in your day, then I want no part of you. Did You're you have you for
2: me? Have you ever been to the store with your wife? Uh or in t- maybe once in line maybe. at movie tickets, in line, at, in other.
0: line at anything, multiple yeah. lines, right? I, You've been there with her, right? Yeah, we do the one person in each line. We'll see oh, where we get to. That's what I was going to ask if you yeah. do that. Yeah, no, of course. Okay. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, certainly at the movie, because my wife is we're not getting there early enough to hit the concessions because, you know, why would we be anywhere, you know, with enough time? So, yeah, we're definitely splitting up. And I realized how stressful or how, how like much joy, I guess I should say, was taken away when I went to the market yesterday and it was just kind of one long general line is the way we do it here down one middle aisle. And then one person that works at the store is sitting there and they'll be like, number four, number seven, you know, whatever. And I was like, this sucks. This is terrible. You didn't like it? I didn't like it. I want to be able. I I like the I like the game. I like to look at the person in front of me or look at all the people. Right. And I can see how much you have in your cart. You know, like there's the person that has a cart full of stuff. Certainly not going there.
2: Catholics call that free will okay okay yeah you have free will to make your choices you and have you have to will. live with
0: it that's right. right but but it becomes there's so much strategy involved because like sometimes you'll see somebody that's got a moderate amount of food groceries in their cart you think this is a good line but then you get there and all of a sudden they do the one thing that you can't have happen if you're going to succeed in this, in this mental game, they pull out the stack of coupons or a coupon book it and hurts, then, you yeah. know, you're done, you know, you know, you're done. So you got to kind of like, you got to, you have to do some profiling when you're looking at people like some serious yeah. profiling. Does that look like a coupon cutter? And can I get behind that person? You know, 100%. like, yeah, like yeah, 100%. Behind my mom at the market, even in 2020, don't be surprised if you get there and all of a sudden she's like, cool. Now that I've finished doing no. this, do you mind I'm just gonna cash a check be, real quick? No, it can't Cashing be checked. A check. Oh man, oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll cash a check. Mom can't still do they don't do checks anymore.
2: Oh sure. No one has checks anymore, right? Gene Layden does. <laughs> do they ever say what is I'm sorry, ma'am, what is this? Is this a is this a savings bond from the nineteen fifties? <laughs> no, I mean, this is a check. I don't
0: know this for certain. I know for sure she doesn't have like an ATM card. And so I feel 90% confident that she still goes to the market and is like, I'm just going to cash a check real quick. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like just to get that's cash like, in an ATM. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> that's an issue.
2: Yeah, that's that's an issue. And it's been one that I felt like has gone away for 10 plus years now, where the concern about the older woman who busts out the checkbook. like That was a very real concern in the 2000s. But now, not as much. But you're telling me that it's still alive, potentially.
0: It is. And my mom is a sneaky person. She'll screw you because when you look at her, you think this woman's got it together. If, and you're she profile. Looks, and she, if you're profiling, you're in trouble. She looks about 15 years younger than she is. She's got it together. And you're like, this is going to be, this woman has got things to do and is in a hurry. And this is going to be no problem. And those things start going through that thing and boom, checkbook out. And you're like, so, oh man,
2: that's, that's a problem. Good. I do a different kind of profiling. Um, I do that one too, but I'm mm-hmm. usually pretty much studying. The, I study the cart. Okay. And I'm really doing an intense cart study in front right. of me and then whoever else is in front of them. But the one that I do is coming up to the red light and I've right. got three lanes or even four lanes, but usually three lanes. Each has I am. One l- car. I am. Look, each oh, has yeah. one car oh, and I'm yeah. looking. What is the car? Like if I see a spoiler on a car, I'm fucking right behind <laughs> oh, you because <laughs> I know what you're about.
0: And the bigger the spoiler, yeah, the better. Oh. And if you see like an oversized muffler. Yeah, <laughs> like an oversized exhaust. You know, you're you're like this guy's coming off the line hot.
2: He's st- he's street races. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to now, but I know he's not there to be the third one out of the gate. Now, nope. there's always the. To your point about the the profiling, there's always the concern about the text readers at the light. That's always oh, a little bit of a concern. That's, yep. that's a wild card. You don't know. But I completely look at all three. Okay, that's a pickup truck that's really dead. That's like a $60,000 pickup truck. This guy's cruising. Mm-hmm. That's like his second yep. house. That's a Ford Raptor. We're not moving on that. He's not going fast. He mm-hmm. goes slow. This is his home. He takes beautiful care of the, the one in the middle has dad stick figure dad stick figure mom three and then and then a christian school sticker in there like unlike spoiler ground effects and some type of (laughs) some type of you know lettering on the back of the car that's our guy that's That's our our guy guy. yeah like if it says like
0: yeah lettering of like a like a great like an exhaust brand you've never heard of yes for sure you're all over that guy. Winstead exhaust. Like, I, that's <laughs> dude, I, great. awesome, I dude. just know that you care about performance. <laughs> and I know that when
2: this light turns green, you're out. And here's the other thing. If he is a text reader, I know that he'll get out slow, but immediately he's going to gas it because he he's can't stand make, to be third. He no wants way. to be in the lead. He's
0: making up ground. So yes. even if he gets off the line last, don't worry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: he's He's going to make up ground and you're going to hear
2: it. I'm trying to think if there's any – the only places I do that kind of profiling are Stoplight, um, Grocery Store. I mean it's where you have lines. And, of yeah. course um, – well, I,
0: I, I do it big time in – I do it – places. Well, there's two places. Concessions at a game is huge. Yes. But you don't profile – the people, as much as you profile the attendant. So like, am I oh, with like, yes. you got to look at the attendant. Like, and this is huge. When you're going into an arena or something, you look at that attendant, you're like, all right, is this somebody that I'm just going to, they're they're scanning tickets and we're on our way. Is this the chatter, the, the chatterbox, who maybe is talking to you a little bit as you take it? I can't have that line. Is nope. this the person that's going to really check the purse when your wife opens it? Also, how many women are in line with purses? Or men, sorry, I don't want to throw anybody off. Anybody but with a purse or a bag that has to get checked, you can't have too many of those in front of you.
2: So yeah, you don't want somebody folksy in the concession stand who wants to talk to you too much, like who they just do that for on a hoot. Like, I just really love the Astros and I just love being here. And right, and I hate to stereotype, but it's like 61 year old woman who, or 60 something year old man who they're, they're not, they're trying to, they realize that the fast pace of your life is stressful. They right. don't need, they don't want that stress in their life. They lived that life previously. And this is their way. They like to unwind and catch a little Astros in the background. You know, something that I do, and this is what, you are right. I do profile the people serving. I watch how quickly, if they're talkers, or how quickly they get to the popcorn or whatever. Right, right. But I also look at who's in front, and I see, okay, how many are in the same family? Because don't let it trick you. You could have four people in front of you, but they're just one family. Huge.
0: And all of a sudden. One transaction. It's about transactions. How many transactions do I have? Do you count them? I count transactions. Oh, for sure I do, but... The other thing is if you hear the family and you can hear the dad like, I know, but what is it, son? Do you want the hot dog or the hamburger? And he's indecisive. You're out. You got to hit the ripcord and you got to move lines. I've got one like that.
2: Yeah, the indecisive family will kill you in in a line like that. I make people because I'm considerate of other people like me who are trying to make time at all times. We're trying to make time because we're always late. I am trying to make kids get their orders ready in advance so i know snacks my 12 year old is um uh even at a donut like snacks it's a donut wet it wipe it good night get your donut the fuck out this doesn't need to be a long thing
0: you ever thought about downloading the menu printing it out giving it to them early maybe in the car on the way over letting everybody take a look (laughs) well
2: not at not at a Sporting event? No, no. I don't have like the downloadable download menu
0: there. No, but like, well, a sporting event, dude. It's pretty slim picking So, like, you're like, here's the deal, guys. We're gonna head to the concession stand. Make your decision now. You got Do hot they, dog. You yeah. got corn dog. You got popcorn. You got hamburger. Maybe a slice of pizza. Here's Go the worst. Call it. This
2: is and this is so embarrassing as a father, um knowing what we've just talked about for the entire episode so far. When when you get to the line and you see. And your kid is the one who goes, you get up there and it's very obvious what's there. Do they have pizza here? Did Does it say they have pizza up there? No. How do you ask that question? To me? Do they have fajitas here? What? No. You know how to read. Read. Don't be this kid. You're embarrassing our, our whole family.
0: Yeah. Don't be that person. The no. other thing I do, by the way, in the grocery market is I I tend to, once I've gotten in my line and I've settled in. I tend to judge people based on what's in their cart.
2: You know, I'm, yeah, everybody does.
0: Yeah, okay. So I just want to make sure I'm not the only asshole. Like, you know, I find it fun. You know, you get like the cart, and it's like spinach and like some 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 real like dietary lean cuisine dinners. Coconut water, coconut water, but then like two twelve packs of Coke and like a t- like a, like a that's like rare a, to see that like in a the tub, same like a tub, cart. tub of ice cream, and you're like, you know, it just are you getting that for a friend or is is that for your cheat day or what's going yeah. on here? You know, cause you're making spinach smoothies. You're with your coconut water and you're eating nice diet, diet dinners, but, uh, but pounding the sodas and ice cream after dinner to make Coke floats, even if it's a diet Coke float,
2: you know, not good. Dude, no one getting spinach and coconut water is getting a regular Coke. That's just not going to happen. that. I, something else is going on in that family. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a husband who says, don't judge me to the wife who's fitness freak, kind of like me and my wife. Right. My wife's my wife's cart uh, would be a little different than my cart. But I've been on both sides of that. I've been like really dietary, in good shape, looking at stuff, you know, and I've looked at my cart, looked at other people's cart and been judgy. And right now I'm, I'm like at that stage where I'm like, it's covid. Shut the fuck up. Keep your eyes on your own cart. Don't look at my cart. Don't look at my cart. It's covid. Are you rules?
0: Are you a I wanted to grow. I want to go to the grocery store like once a week. So I'm just going to pile everything I need for the week in my cart. Or are you like, what do you all want tonight for dinner? Okay, cool. I'll run
2: by and pick it up at the market. Well, for fish, I mean, for certain items like fish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's that time. But I will say for covid, one of the things that really did change is we would make we would do much bigger trips so that we weren't, we, you know, when it first started, so we weren't right. in the grocery store like at all. Cause it felt like the grocery store was where you're going to die, where you would go to die. Mm-hmm. And so you got in there as fast as you could and like loaded up with about $400 worth of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, that actually ended up saving us money because we were constantly making meals. There was no, we weren't doing takeout. It was for a while there. It was actually a really smart move. Um, yeah, we're usually, once a week we're usually yeah. once a week family i got you yeah i mean we've I, got I'm four a, kids and Mimi, so
0: yeah exactly i yeah we don't have that many katie handles the grocery store duties because she won't let me do it even giving me a list she doesn't trust me just doesn't doesn't trust. I, I for some reason the moment i park my car i want to leave so i'm in and out of there as fast as possible and so headphones i listen to music Oh yeah, that's good. I just really don't want to be there. I guess I, you know what I would do? I'd listen to a great, like off script. This would be a great yeah. thing to listen to when you're at the market. A
2: oh, a hundred percent. Because I right. like to take my, t- this is what I like to do. I take my time shopping and then I'm, once I'm done, I'm in a rush to get to that line and play the line game. Yeah. 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 It, it completely, it's completely changes, but I think our podcast is good for running, walking, grocery shopping, or headed to work. Yeah, or headed back from work. Yeah, whatever you're going to do.
0: We're a great listen. Uh, speaking of, we've got Hassie Harrison. She's popped in the waiting room. We're going to get her in here. I'm going to find out from Hassie what her situation is at the grocery store, if she takes mm-hmm. it as seriously as we do in terms of finding lines. Uh, Hassie Harrison is a friend of mine, uh, an actor who is in two shows right now because, you know, one is just not enough. And she's baller like that. She's on a show called Tacoma FD, which is on true TV. There's been two seasons thus far. And I believe they just got picked up for their third. Uh, Tacoma FDs by the—I don't know if you've seen it, but it's by the guys um, Kevin Heffernan and, and Steve Limmy, who created uh, Super Troopers and uh, Broken Lizards comedy troupe. Uh, she's also in a show called Yellowstone, which is gaining. Tons of attention right now. It's Uh, red hot. Yeah, it's red hot. Great show. If you're like me, you're not watching it live on Paramount TV, which is what it's on. But instead, you're catching up on Prime. Uh, I just purchased it. Uh, So I'm I'm a little behind. But I know you don't purchase television shows. You tend to steal them. Um, That's not true. You know, maybe uh, if you feel compelled, you (laughs) could purchase it. So, you know, uh, you're not stealing from, you know, food from our tables. Sure. I'm going to think about that. Okay, yeah, I think you should. Um, All right, great. Well, in that case, uh, perfect time to uh, bring Hassie in.
1: What's up, team? How are y'all?
0: I'm fantastic. Lance, Hassie, Hassie, Lance. Look at Team Texas. Team Texas all
2: in the same room.
0: Uh, We were just discussing competitiveness in lines. Like I was at the market yesterday and I realized that... Now that you don't get to pick your checkout line in L.A., like they put you in one general line and they tell you which checker to go to, how much satisfaction was lost? Because I really take a lot of pride in being able to, like, pick the right line. Oh, totally. okay, so you have that, too, right?
1: Especially in like at music festivals and stuff like a concessions line. Like I'm always clocking it and I'll even do the thing if I'm with someone, we'll split the diff. I'm like, you go wait in that line. I'll wait in this line and we'll see who wins.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. Now, concessions. Are you looking at the market? I'm looking at the people in front of me. Concessions. Lance and I were just talking about we're looking more at the people serving, uh, making sure they're on their game, you know, quick. One hundred. Okay.
1: I also do the same um, when I go through TSA. And I'm like, ooh, that person looks slow. Like, or, or that person looks meticulous. I'll go to the other line.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to be a little travel snob here, but are you not ooh, pre-check?
1: I am pre-check, oh, but. Oh,
0: okay, Whew, gosh.
1: <laughs> Whoa. gosh. Whoa, <God. laughs> don't worry. I've got global entry phew <laughs> Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> we don't like guests that haven't been checked by the FBI thoroughly. <laughs> I feel like maybe we should, I will let you tell the story just so that we get it out. Of how I saved your life.
2: Oh,
1: (laughs) I knew. Wow.
0: I mean, I feel like. Do you want to?
1: I feel like. I feel like your version of it is like because I was pretty drunk, so I didn't think it was that bad. Um, Mm -hmm. I almost caught on fire.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, I think you should tell it because your version of it sounds so much better than drunk version. I was like, oh,
0: thanks. (laughs) Hassie and I were at a wedding uh, together, not as a couple. I was with my wife, but we were we were at a wedding. We were leaving the reception. It was probably like three in the morning. We'd all had a lot to drink. And the entryway was kind of lined with small candles. Like on the ground, <laughs> mm-hmm. and hassie had like a like kind of a long, flowy dress on, and we were waiting for uh, like a shuttle like a van to pick us up to take us back to the hotel and um her she stood over a candle, and <laughs> let me just tell you like in my mind what happened in my mind, the candle <clears throat> began to light hassie on fire it was. <laughs> Moments away from engulfing her in flames. Yeah. And I probably threw my drink, tossed my jacket, and ran like, you know, like a like a first responder, really. Right. And tackled Hassie, rolled, making sure that I hit the ground first as to not harm her over like a stop drop and roll. Stop type drop thing. and roll. Yeah. Yeah. And then pick her up. And uh, if I remember correctly, there was yeah, uh, smattering of applause. Um, wow. yeah that's it was nice. it was really yeah. intense. It was and you know I don't know that we'd even be on the podcast right now and Hassie would be here.
2: <laughs> Eric, can I just jump in and say thank you for your service. Yeah. Is that
1: <laughs>
0: appropriate? yeah that's kind or... of what I'm looking for here. Yeah. To be okay. With you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks.
1: Thank you. None of this would be possible without you, Eric. And I, I feel like we've had we've been bonded ever since.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think you would have died, but it's hard to get work as an actor with third degree burns all over your face. And so yeah. You know,
1: and Who's now I Laramie? play a firefighter on TV. So uh,
2: <laughs> I mean,
1: in a way, I was a bit <laughs> of a technical advisor.
2: <laughs> a firefighter who catches on fire at a at a wedding. That's uh, not the normal storyline that we see. So when I met Hassie, though, she
0: had not moved to L.A. yet. Hassie, you, you came to L.A. for. To be an actor, you came to LA just to be in LA, but you you knew what you wanted to do. Um, yeah, I like, just graduated well, from college. Us, and, okay, so give us the give us the go.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I I graduated from high school when I was fifteen, and I was going to move out to LA because I knew, you know, I, I I just had that like acting bug in my bones, and then I met with my older cousin in LA. I flew out, and he's an actor, and I was like, he was like, I. Wouldn't recommend it like at your age at 15 years old. I've seen this town like chew up and spit people out, especially young girls. And I just think if you can go and get an education or whatever else, you know, and then and then this will always be here. So, you know, I took heed to that advice and I'm glad that I did. Um, and Is then your
0: older cousin, my ex roommate from college that's the one stark <laughs> yep, God, you stark asked the sand. wrong person for advice i mean you stark is, <laughs> he, there was no chance stark was be like yeah come on out 15 you'll kill it like that's <laughs> if, i mean if I, like a list of responses that would be the last thing he would ever say
1: and i think it was it was brotherly advice you know because shit can go pear-shaped for a lot of people out in la so no, no. um and, and yeah, I mean, I'm glad I went to college. I got multiple degrees. Like I studied different things outside of acting or whatever, but yeah. So then I came out to, I came out to LA after, um, after college and, you know, I, I just threw myself into acting school cause I didn't want to be the idiot who just kind of like started looking for a manager or an agent first. So I, uh, I was full-time at Lee Strasburg. I went to the constitute. I mean, like in LA, you can basically spit out your window and hit an acting school. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I tried basically all of them. Um, no, but it, you know, and it's that slow, steady thing, you know, I, I, it took me a minute to catch some momentum. And there was certainly sometimes I wasn't sure if Anybody was picking up what I was putting down. But so Lance,
0: Lance has a question, yeah. and I know he's going right back to the fact you graduated high school when you were 15 because I saw eyes pop out of yep. his head. <laughs> um, but I just want to like tell you, Lance, when Hassie says I kind of tried all of them, um, just a quick personality check here Hassie's the type of person who will be like, Hey, I'm like got this new diet, and I'm and she will be a hundred percent like she'll come to the house and be like, You guys, I'm like full juicing now, and she will have gotten a like a blender and she'll go full <laughs> juice and then you'll see her like a month later and she's like oh god no i don't juice you guys i go sweat <laughs> at this place and i do full room. and then she's wearing like headgear and a fucking she's got like a bumper sticker that says like i'm room in the back I
1: mean, she goes all out <laughs> i never and, and, would be from i will and say <laughs> it, and it switches
0: in a hurry but here's the thing about hass is like when she does it she goes all, all off. all in I mean, Oh, all in all in
2: so I'm tell us throttle yeah. Yeah. So um, how did you like, seriously, how do you graduate at the age of 15? How does that even mathematically work?
1: Yeah. I mean, I tested out of like math and science and I, I kind of tutored specifically for, um, you know, English and, and d- different things. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it basically, I was like not doing well in school. I didn't like traditional education. And my dad like took me on a walk to have one of those talks about like, getting my shit together. Cause I'd been to three schools and like one, one school year. And he was like, something's not working. And I was like, yeah, I just want to get to college where I can like learn what I want. And he's like, you know, he was like, yeah, well you can do that. There's ways to do that. And I, I, you know, kind of took it as a challenge. I love a good challenge.
2: Um, so did you have to, so you homeschooled?
1: Uh, n- well, no, I did like GED testing on some of it. And then I went to like a self paced school where I still drove there and went every day, but it was, it wasn't homeschool.
0: Lance so, is trying to do the math to figure out if he can get his kids uh, yeah. out of the house. But it's in the not next like, <laughs> <six months. laughs>
2: I know, I know. Right. Exactly. But it's not like you. Okay. Cause I was thinking, okay, this is a super STEM child. She's got the science and the math and the English, but really you just found a way to kind of game the system to get out of there faster, but then you've got two, you've got multiple degrees. So it's not like you're just fucking off in school. Um, although I am curious also about how you ended up at three schools in the same year. Like there's gotta be some stories there as well.
1: I was a bad kid.
2: <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> and what, day, how old were you?
1: Um, I mean, when I was like 13, 14, I just, oh. I, I think I just kind of got off on the wrong track and hung out with the wrong kids. And, Tell me what um, happened in that. Oh, I mean, I don't know if that's made, these stories are made for podcasts. Oh, no, they're great. They're
0: this exactly is a great, this is, yeah, this is a great medium for that kind of story. as is about like the
2: movie 13, which has terrified me ever since my daughter was born. I, I remembered the movie 13 like, oh my God, I totally forgot about that movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, Uh, listen, there, there, I don't know if there's, if there are great stories, I got (laughs) caught doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And then I went to boarding school for like three weeks, this place called Baylor outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, you know, I just, I found very, found out very quickly. I don't do well with structure. I had very like laissez faire parenting. So all of a sudden they're like, all right, nine o'clock phones away, time to shut off the lights. And I was like, no, nope, that doesn't work for me. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just um, I also felt like I, I was in public school for a while, too. And, you know, by the time they spent 20 minutes taking attendance and and um, I don't know, I just felt like everyone it, it was so dumbed down uh, that I needed something kind of more challenging and advanced. So
2: and you got that in college. You thrived in college.
1: Yeah. 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 SMU Less structure. Right? Yeah. I went to SMU and yeah, no, I mean, I just, I liked that. Like you could pick what you wanted to learn about. So I have a degree in archeology, span European business strategy, like markets and cultures. And then, you know, like I got to go study abroad. I lived in Copenhagen and studied European cinema and just kind of like, i like the freedom
2: of all those things. How does that play into who you are now?
1: Um, Well, I think it's interesting, you know, like Eric was razzing me a bit about like, you know, someone who was like trying to find myself in my early 20s. I was like, you know, so much of my swagger as a person comes from my intelligence and my quick wit. And, you know, I think that like I moved out to LA and then all of a sudden it's like your, your gene size matters more than your GQ. And as a young girl, I mean, of course it kind of fucked with me. And, um, and so yeah, no, I was just curious and finding things and, and, trying to find that like balance in life um Eric I don't know if you know this I became a certified health coach and nutritionist also in my off time when no one wanted to hire me as an actor
0: <laughs> hey listen I'm I could use a health coach about now um after after covid 19 uh luckily you know Katie she's got me eating clean so I'm Amazing. good there but no no shock there
1: um but wait can I interject with one funny story about you started anything? like 100%. This is one of my favorite Eric Layden stories cuz it's so it's so embarrassing on my part but there's this place on Larchmont called Shape House and it's like this this infrared sauna bed thing that you get in and it's like you just lay there and watch Netflix and sweat for 45 minutes and apparently you like it's really good for you and apparently you burn like 400 calories or whatever. Very LA. Very it's so LA and it's like <laughs> So of course I come out drenched, like soaking wet. And who do I see? Eric And He pulls up. He's like, yo, Hass, what's up? You going for a run? Or you have you been running? And I like didn't have the heart to be like, <laughs> no, I've been laying down. So I was like. Yeah, running. (laughs) Yeah, And then then I, like, felt so guilt. I was like, why did I lie about that? And I was like, actually, Eric, I got to be honest. I was just, like, laying down in this bed in this house over here on Marchmont.
0: (laughs) It's such a testament to who you are. Because you were like, yeah, no, I just got back from working out. And then we talked for, like, five minutes. And then we were, like, kind of wrapping it up. And you were like, by the way, I didn't run.
1: run (laughs) I'm such a bad liar. I, like, can't lie. And it just eats me alive inside i was like why did you say that what does it matter just because i know like when i lived in y'all's house for a minute you just saw me go through those phases so i was like oh man if he knows about this i'll never hear the end of it
0: <laughs> <laughs> um talk about because you just mentioned it and and i wanted to ask you about this um you come to L.A. and, and I, I believe you just you're you just talking about it. It matters more about your gene size, you know, uh, yeah. than it does about what's going on between your ears. A lot of times, certainly when you get here, that's what it feels like. And certainly, let's be honest, if you look the way you do, right, you're a young, beautiful girl and you get to L.A. And did you have because I, I because I know you so well, your personality and well, your personality matches you, but you, you know, I can see where the look that LA wanted to put you in the, the box that they wanted to put you in based on your looks is different than really who you are as a person. And I know I struggled with that a lot when I started working, you know, I, in my mind, I'm like, got a ton of swag and I'm cool. Hollywood was like, you're the tech nerd, dude. Like you're either the tech <laughs> nerd or the racist cowboy, but that's about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like the cool guy though. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I can do, I can do more than that. And, and it wasn't until like I was able to let that sink in and say, okay, I'm going to do these jobs because I'm acting. And then eventually my shot will come to do whatever it is I want to do and how I want to do it. Um, did you find that you had like some that you had to like, you know, that that had to sink in with you or did you ever have conflicted feelings about doing certain roles?
1: Oh, I mean, of, of course, um, by the way, I look, there was a lot of like blonde bimbo. Number six. Sure. Like <laughs> skanky cheerleader. Number five. Um sure. And, you know, it's like it's a hard thing because it's like you got to get your start. And there's that catch 22 of like you also don't want to jump into those roles too hard and then and then be that. And, you know, for me and my journey, like I mean, everyone's trajectory in this town is so different. So you kind of can't look at other people because there's so much compare and despair. But also just that, like I knew for me holding out a little bit and and you know, there's the balance too. It's like, I wanted casting directors to know who I am. And, and so you go in there and take the audition anyway. So there were a couple things that like I got that were of that elk and I kind of turned down. Um, and yeah, and just holding out for something that kind of more matched my vibe. And, you know, I feel so lucky now it's like the super trooper guys saw me and, and they were like, you're basically a dude in a girl's body. Um, that's it, you know? And uh, yeah, so I, I do have a lot of like masculine energy in me. And, um, and, it, and you know, it's just cool. You, you know, it takes time to find people who see you for you um, and can kind of like celebrate and, and write to that. And even I was a replacement coming in season one on Tacoma. They'd already ca- hired another girl, but <clears throat> that didn't work out. So they'd kind of written it for someone else. And then going into season two and we just got greenlit for season three, it's like now those guys know me and they know my voice so well. Like I coached a little like on season one and then season two came around and I went to my coach and he was like, they like nailed your voice. You, this is you speaking. So, you know, there's something cool to that too.
0: And that's what happens when you're on a series, you know, and that's what happens as you. And that's why so often, like, you know, shows at the beginning and pilots can be sort of wonky. Nobody, you know, everybody's feeling each other out. And and, you know, ideally that happens. Um, But certainly when you're starting out, especially for like not series regular roles and for, you know, series regular, meaning a lead of a show that's in all the episodes. But for guest star roles, you really aren't you're not there for that purpose. You're there for another purpose. You're there
1: for to instance, make conflict
0: to play <laughs> cracked cookie on astronaut's wives club, you know, which I noticed is a, a role you had. Uh, was that, was that memorable? Tell us about that one.
1: <clears throat> um,
0: were you a crackhead?
1: Uh, <laughs> no, Skanky
2: cheerleader I'm- five.
1: I mean, it was basically that. Yeah, you're totally right. I was like some kind of uh, groupie of the astronauts who was just trying to get that astronaut dick. Uh, sorry. <laughs> hey, you know
0: that's that's it, which, by the way, when we, all are, place? The, we, we all, all are happy. We all are.
2: That's the only reason I do the podcast with this fake astronaut here. Is that's the hundred percent the reason?
1: <laughs> trying to get that astronaut D.
2: We all um, do it. We A- all do it. AD is where it's at. <laughs> at least it was in the 60s yeah the, for sure amen um go ahead you, you have that, you have that masculine that? well the astronaut dick maybe not but you do have that uh, you, you do have that masculine but you talk about like your character in yellowstone is kind of a it's kind of a hey, this is a girl that you hang out with, which we all, we all knew this girl in high school. But sometimes I feel like that's an awesome, that's an awesome, um, it's fun for guys when we have that because you kind of just, you. I don't know, it's just a different vibe when you have girls like that growing up or whatever the case may be. But but you're more complex than that. I mean, obviously as a person, do you ever take that, does that ever feel like that is a reductive where you get that, you give off that vibe or is that something where you say, Hey, you know, that's who I am and it doesn't feel reductive to me as an actress or an actor or even as a person.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, it's something that's just braided into who I am and growing up in Texas around like, you know, some, a lot of men, I just feel comfortable holding space. And I, I feel, um, I feel worthy to like make my voice be heard, which you know, I I take that part as a blessing. Um, and then, yeah, like I kind of grew up being a tomboy and, and, you know, I, I found that like, I don't know that it's my niche or whatever, but at least it was my way into this industry and, and, you know, to find kind of, um, that starting point of something that I, The what you know, they always tell you like, find what you bring. That's different. And, you know, like I have, a bunch of guy friends and I have different like cliques of guy friends. I have guy friends I go work out with. I have different like actor guy friends. And, you know, so I guess in that way it's, it's true to who I am in a lot of ways too. So.
0: Where do I fall? Which one am I in?
1: (laughs) Obviously you're my actor. No, you're, you're my, one of my Texas guy friends. I'm OG. Yeah, You're OG.
2: Yeah. I'm OG. There's a Texas thing though. Like, would you guys admit, when I went to school at Tulane, the first, The first people that I started clicking with, that's in Louisiana, obviously. The first people you click with... When you leave Texas, the first people you click with are people from Texas. That's just kind of a Texas thing, where it's like, "Oh my God, you're from Texas!" Where, and of course, if we live in Houston, I like, "Oh fuck you, you're from Dallas." But then, (laughs) when you're outside of the state, "Oh, you're from Dallas!" "Oh, awesome, you're from Texas," and it, and it's a, it's like a whole thing that with our states very specifically, I think.
1: I, I think yes, that's true. There's a and and you know, there's a big Texas contingency in New York and L.A. or whatever, and I think that it's like, you know we have similar values and understanding of where we come from. But like, I noticed Australians are very much that way. They all kind of like flock together wherever they are. Um, but yeah, I, Hass- I love Texans.
2: But by, by the way, hold on one second. I got to follow up on that. You know how I know that you're from Texas, Hassy? Because on your Instagram page, you have a picture of you in the blue bonnets. And that <laughs> is a totally Texas thing where, okay, let's go. My wife made me do that back in when we first got married and I mentioned it on the radio at the time and I mean I got it was the dumbest move ever. one of the dumbest moves i ever made was mentioning to other guys that I took <clears throat> blue bonnet pictures with my wife You're like ooh, glamour shots murdered <laughs> i know it was it was totally glamour shot and it was I just got <laughs> murdered to this day my brother murders me every year I'm like hey Fucko. I haven't taken, you know, wake up. I don't shine shoes anymore. I didn't, I haven't gone and laid in the blue bonnets for like 14 years. That's hilarious. Years. I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm that. sure
1: your brother has assigned it as your contact for when you call. 100% just to take blue a
2: hundred percent. pop up. Yeah, Die. my vibe was different. I was,
1: I was like on a hot, on a little hike and uh, had smoked a bunch of weed and was just like throwing my arms up in a blue way, bonnet field.
0: Way cooler than mine. <laughs> way cooler than my setup. Were you wearing a shirt? Because sometimes you forget your luggage.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a rock. I'm wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt in that one. Don't worry okay. about it, bro. All right, cool. All right, I hear you. <laughs> this, is, this is what puts you in the big brother c- category.
0: <laughs> right, you mean these <laughs> comments like this?
2: Yes. <laughs> Did you bring your luggage? I know you forget it sometimes. I, I,
0: I, I say that because I I, I got... Hassie's great on social. And, and just in general, Hassie can dish it and she can take it. And it's one of the things I love most about, about her. Um, But you staying on social media, you, you are pretty active on social media. I hate it. Um, I'm active to the place of which I I have to be, I guess, for purposes of like, you know, my job. Um, We talk a lot about social media on this show with people, but what is your, you know, What's your feeling towards social media? Do you enjoy it? Do you embrace it? Do you think, by the way, how's Otis the new dog? He's rad.
1: He's the cutest man. I got this little puppy blue heeler. He's precious. Um, you know, I think anybody like with half a brain has a complicated relationship with social media. And, you know, I think there's, there's pros and cons to it. I, most of the time I really enjoy it and I have fun with it. And I just kind of like, um put lighthearted things things around work and you know finding my like I like to post funny stuff and mm-hmm. and stuff like that so you know I have fun with it and and I like interacting <clears throat> with people who support what I'm doing in the world and uh you know my friends and stuff but you know I think like all things it really requires uh some discipline around balance and you know you don't want it taking up too much airtime in your life because at the end of the day none of it's real and you know, followers are like monopoly money. It just doesn't matter.
2: I know it really doesn't. Um, You know, it's, it's also one of those things where I think it, the more you lean into it, the worse it can be. And it can be almost a mirror to who it can really have an impact on you. But if you, if you just stay in your lane and you do what you do and you don't worry about anyone else, I think you can really, I think social media can still be really fun. It's just that, I don't always stay in my lane. And when you get outside of your lane and you peek around like, oh my God, this is fucking terrible. What am I doing on this stupid thing?
1: Totally. Well, I also think too, I mean, if you look at who the platform is designed for, it's like, you know, every generation now participates in it. But like the most followed people are like Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber. It's like the, the big, you know, kind of demographic for it is children. So it's like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, I'll like you said not staying in my own lane and i'm like suddenly rolling up on some like you know 18 year old girl who's got 10 million followers i'm like who is this person I know.
2: she's <laughs> an influencer I from youtube yeah exactly you know, why
0: why do i care um okay <laughs> moving moving off of social media cuz it just it it makes me upset um tell us about tell us about your audition for i would say that that um, Tacoma, would you consider Tacoma your, your first like big break? I mean, it was the first show you were regular on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely was the first thing I got as a series regular. I'd done like a, I'd booked a pilot as a series regular before, but that didn't go. Um, And it was actually kind of funny when I first got the audition, I was doing a movie in Phoenix and I never have this like sense of confidence, but it was like maybe a little bit of female intuition, but I just was like doing the tape with someone. And I was like, holy shit, this is my part. Like, I got this. And then, (laughs) and then like a week later, I see on in the trades that another girl had booked it. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess my intuition isn't that keen. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, I guess it came, another audition for it came back around my across my desk uh, via email
0: you don't have a desk cassie let's be honest (laughs) (laughs) across Um, your virtual desk yeah yeah on your on your iphone when you were you know doing something
1: (laughs) oh no um well sure i was actually on a family vacation and (laughs) and uh i just like when it came back around i was like hey this is it and i was like i i i knew they were like oh you can just do a tape and i was like "No, no no i'm gonna fly back for this this like you know, especially with guys like that and, and in that comedic improv space, I knew how important it was to be there in person and to, like, show up, you know, and and even, too, it was so cool. Even on the audition, they said that they they wanted the actors to kind of allot 15, 20 minutes afterwards to, like, have a chat and whatnot, too, so you know, I, I jumped through the hoops. They, there was a lot of like really well-known actresses kind of vying for that role. And I think I went in for it three or four times. Sure. Um, and you know, they well, and I guess that's where my masculine energy came in. Steve Lemmy says like, I came in and I like threw my leg up on a chair and was like, what's up, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, and, like, I, go ahead. No. Yeah. Bad.
0: I just, no, I, but I think that speaks so much to, you know, it, it, when I go back and I talk to uh, producers or execs after I have a job and we talk about the audition process, you know, so often you hear, you hear them say like, you walked in and we knew, we knew it was you. Like we might have had to see you a couple more times to make sure you could, you know, in your case, you didn't have real of you on like as a lead of a comedy show where you were doing improv. So they needed to make sure you could hold your own with those guys. And so they needed to see you some more. But I'm sure when you walked in, they were like, this is our girl. Like if she can get through these hoops, this is our girl. And, And I feel like that happens a lot. And it usually happens when you go in and you're confident and you know. you are and you act like yourself and that that is you rolling in and throwing your leg I'm being like what's up what are we doing let's let's fucking party let's get to it
1: yeah yeah I mean basically that was it and I I knew you know it was a mutual thing too where it's like I knew um I clocked that they were such good guys and they were so like funny and fun and and I just you know it it's been awesome. I've learned so much. And there's just something about like, you know, like Eric, you come from a comedy background too. It's such an exacting and precise, I, you know, like if you can do comedy, you can do anything. And certainly, you know, those guys are kind of improv legends. So I, I'm just taking every second to like sponge up their knowledge and, you know, being privy to their kind of process. They, they write, they direct, they, um, edit they do everything and you know they're so cool they let me come into the editing bay and just kind of like have demystified the all of it
0: do they is that more difficult having somebody who's or they're together but direct produce like is it easier or more difficult? Because I mean, I I can see where there'd be less cooks in the kitchen, which would make it probably a lot easier. You're not getting notes from studio or network or directing producers and all the people that have to usually go through noting process, but, but harder in the sense that when you're talking to them, you're not just talking to another actor, you're talking to the actor, the director, the writer, the producer. So you kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to balance what relationship that is at the time.
1: I mean, what's incredible is that like, I don't have that at all with them. Like first and foremost, they feel like friends to me. Um, and you know, like, and it's such a, like, but yeah, I mean, I think all the hardship falls on them. Like, I don't know how they do it. They go all year round, you know, and they go straight from writing to acting directing and then editing. And, you know, so for them, that's tough. And, you know, I, I have like a little bit of a joke with Steve when he goes into director boat, I'm like, man, I miss my friend like when he's not directing it's like he and i are like you know razzing each other and and having a laugh or whatever but so yeah i mean you know i can see the difference when they have to go into work mode and other things and i give them space to do that but um but yeah i mean after every episode airs we have a zoom call that the whole cast does where we just like get on and kind of you know have a laugh and talk about the episode and
0: everybody tells everybody how good they
2: are and just (laughs) Oh my God, you nailed
1: it. (laughs) I think
2: it's, I always think it's interesting to, uh, you know, to do improv, you've got to be able to, um, I think you have to not be, you have to be averse to structure in some way, shape or form. And you've already told us based on your background, I know that's who you are and that's who I was. That's who I am to this day. And I, I, I've always joked at my, my real add is beneficial to me in my day-to-day life doing radio and 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 doing and creating characters and stuff because you have to be able it's it's a curse when it comes to getting shit done on time being on time being you know having everything together for my taxes and you know real life stuff but when it comes to the creative side it's so beneficial from a creative standpoint, when you're not a slave to structure, because you do have that opportunity to think quickly, to respond quickly. It's one of the reasons why the name is called off script, because I go off script and Eric, and it made sense for me with how I behave. And it made sense for Eric with, with the entertainment industry is, I just think it's, that's something that is a, it's a curse when you're young, but then it's a blessing when you get into a creative art. A
1: hundred percent. And I think that we all, you know, the work is to cultivate a little bit of both, because so much of being creative and the artistry and being free and you know not being um, so self-aware—that's all kind of part of you know putting out your best performance. I think you know what I mean. I think I was like when I first um, when I first started doing this, it was like I was like white knuckling to get it right and and what I think that they wanted to see. And oh boy, was that boring. Um, <laughs> So, you know, it just takes time. And and like you said, it's kind of like once you get those systems going and and whatnot, it's good to have that kind of type A personality to keep the ball rolling and the discipline to have a highly functioning artistry.
2: You know, just to follow up, I remember when I first started radio, I was um, doing morning a drive time show. I was 27 and my radio partner was older than me, but he knew what I did, which was more creative stuff and it's sports. But at the same time, same time, I was very personality based and we started off that way. And then the people at the top, and this is often the case, they didn't really have a good sense of of what was working. And what we were actually doing was really cultivating very quickly a following, but they hadn't seen it on ratings yet. And they were down on us because it sounded, you know, oh, it's too crazy, it's too wild, it's not what we're used to. And so then I did the same thing where I was like, well, let me just do it right by the book and everything. And I was miserable, miserable for about four months. And then the ratings came out and they're like, Oh, uh, well, my radio partner, actually, who, you know, Eric, John, he, he told me, I'll never forget. It was around Christmas. And he said, listen, you got to stop doing what you're doing that you got to start being you or it's just, this isn't going to work. Be who you are. Fuck those guys who, you know, our bosses who are telling us they think they know what's good and be who you are. And it's amazing because once the ratings came out and they saw all of a sudden, then it was like, hands off, you guys can do whatever you're doing. It turns out that what you were doing was actually really good. But when you're a creative person, and you and you're somebody who doesn't like structure. Structure can make you a miserable, miserable person, and especially if it's inside of whatever your art is to be creative, it's not good. But for some people, it's great. Like some people who 100%. are structured are amazing. And, and I don't know, Eric. I get the sense since you're kind of a germaphobe, I sense that you're also a structure guy.
0: I'm. I certainly uh, function. Far better in, in structure. There's no doubt about it. There's no right or wrong way, by the way,
1: create a safety too. But I have to have
0: things like in order, you know, like if I come home and the house is like, uh, if the kitchen's like a mess, like I can't, I will not go to bed at night until the kitchen's clean. Like I am not going to because I am I, I will be damned if I wake up and there's dishes in the sink and like an oh, like the coffee from yesterday is still like I mean he has been in my house where like we'll finish dinner and I'm cleaning while we talk.
1: Like Ooh, you and that Carrera marble. That was yeah. not a good look for you. <laughs> no, no, now I gotta keep that shit clean. Hassy. Remember I gave you the Carrera marble like yes. placemats just to put over shit? I just dropped them <laughs> off at his house as a joke. So we <laughs> Hats and some game. Hellman's Hellman's mayonnaise too. I like <laughs> dropping off things I know will just rattle him. <laughs> so I
0: I I I don't allow mayonnaise in the house, Lance. That's a side note that Hassie really? just blew up. Yeah, no, no mayonnaise in the house. This is a non mayonnaise house. Yeah. Mayonnaise wants makes me want to gag. So yeah, sometimes I'll just like open the door and hassie will have left a, like a like a gout, like, like a Costco thing of Hellman's mayonnaise in my door. Um but she happened to come right after we redid the kitchen and we got some new marble. It's that's, that's, that's kind of delicate, you know. It'll stain, it'll ring. And you know, hassie like she is now, just you know, sipping on or lemonade you're on set, edge
2: the whole time aren't
0: you setting it down on the marble no coaster and i'm like picking it up and wiping underneath and picking it up and so we we had extra marble and i had them cut <laughs> slabs to use as like cutting boards or like to put like the, i put the coffee maker on a slab
1: Coasters. right it's marble, so on, top like, marble so on top this of was marble marble on top, so this was marble
0: on top of marble and Hassie was like just it she just one day she dropped off carrera marble Coasters and Carrera marble. I, did you end up buying me a Carrera marble laptop case or something? Or you sent yep. it to me and you're yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> she was like, "This way you can put your laptop on the marble and feel good about it.
1: It'll so, just disappear."
2: <laughs> I know. Right now, people are listening and they're pissed off. We haven't brought up Yellowstone yet because uh, you oh, are you know on, what? yeah.
1: I was going to say, when you were talking about that whole thing of like, you know, how you did yeah. your radio show, one of the things that I think is so cool is like Taylor Sheridan, season one of this show, you know, he he says he's like, I didn't make this show for the industry. I made it for Cowboys. And when they had money to, you know, go promote the show, he was like, hey, I don't want a billboard on sunset. I don't need that. I want you to go advertise at, at rodeos and pay to have like, you know, signs up at rodeos and stuff. And, you know, I think he really stuck to his guns and, and, you know, like really what he's doing with this show is advertising a lifestyle, um, Mm -hmm. a really important lifestyle. And, you know, I think that it's a show for Cowboys and, and just in the world that like, you know, game of Thrones is such escape. I mean, now, you know, like it was awesome. They just had the season finale and, you know, almost 6 million viewers the night of so number one show on cable now and it's like they they stuck to what worked for them and and you know sticking to the core demographic and now for people who live in the cities it's it's just as much of an escape as game of thrones well <laughs> Maybe not that much but. maybe <laughs> not would you yeah, give or take 60 dragon. million yeah Cowboy. give or take 60 million views um <laughs> yeah. uh, no but no, I, I, I i didn't i didn't mean in viewership i mean in in the terms of like right. offering an escape
0: Hassie, mm-hmm. you're comparing it to Game of Thrones, the you know the the greatest oh. show ever made. So that's fine. I mean, and that's listen, go big, girl. Go it's, big it's or go all, home. You're off okay? to a
2: great start. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. this is awesome.
0: I mean, that'll be the show notes actually.
2: Hassie Harrison go now. comparing Thank Yellowstone so to Game of me. Thrones.
0: <laughs> Thank you for having me. Maybe that maybe the show notes will be Hassie Herrickson explains why Yellowstone will be bigger than Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, but so I see you're think, the so
2: salty about that mayonnaise still, aren't you? God. I know. Wow, you do have them rattled. Yeah, Hassy rattles me.
0: Um isn't that though like that is I think that's something that is a m- maturity thing. Uh when you realize the moment you realize that you need to do it for yourself and not someone else, certainly in an industry like this. So Lance, you talked about it with Radio. Um mm-hmm. Hassy, you you mentioned it a- as well. And I know as an actor for me, when I stopped going into auditions, trying to give them what they wanted and i went into auditions and said this is what i got take it or leave it it everything changed Mm. and you know i i don't think that that's some like wise thing i just think that it's that moment where you realize you're not doing it for them you know you have to do it for you and this is the way i would want to play this role and this is the way i see this role and i'm true to myself with it now of course
1: and people clock that. The,
0: yes, of course they do. People, but no. people
1: clock the honesty, the authenticity. And also it's like, we live in such a fear-based world, someone coming in and saying, this is how I'm going to do it, take it or leave it, is a solution to them in a sense. Where right. they're like, oh, we like that one. And of course, you know, they can tinker with a couple things here or there. But
0: Right. But the other thing too is like, I, you also, I think in doing that, you realize I'm not going to, you know, if they want Luke... Like I'm going to go in and play the role of Casey the way I would play Casey. I'm never going to do Casey. I'm never going to do Luke Grimes' version of Casey as good as Luke Grimes is going to do it, right? And mm-hmm. if he's not going to do it the way I would do it. So it's you know, it's if that's what they want, that's what they get. So trying to do something like someone else or trying to give them what they want, which is not often uh, you know, authentic to who you are, I think is what gets us in trouble a lot of times. As artists, because we are balancing this this thing of like needing to make money, but also needing to make art. And you know, early in our careers, it's like we'll do anything. Yeah, we'll do anything. We'll jump through hoops. We'll do anything the way you want us to do it. We just want to make money. And I think what you find is you become more successful when you're willing to say this is the way I want to do it.
1: hundred percent. I mean, just, it goes back to kind of like what I was saying too. Is it's like I had to turn down a lot of roles that weren't true to me. Right. To kind of get to this place where I, I, you know, have people writing for me who know me, you know, you you know, Sheridan knows me personally now and, 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 I can see that in the writing and stuff. And, and same with kind of Steve and Kev over on Tacoma
0: and t- Taylor Sheridan, for those listening that aren't familiar, is, is Taylor Sheridan's the creator of Yellowstone. Uh, and so that's who he's referring to. And he writes and uh, directed, I know, like the whole first season and I'm sure a lot of uh, subsequent seasons as well.
2: Dude, but also Sicario. He was screenwriter for that, for Hell or High Water, Mm -hmm. which also had a cowboy culture vibe. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm thinking about. Very much Americana. Yes, and he's done Yellowstone, and then you go back to Cormac McCarthy and what he's been involved in. You you look at, why do you think cowboy culture to this day still has such um, a romantic place? And and you you mentioned Americana, that's a great word. Why do you think it still really resonates with so many people on a visceral level?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you said it because yeah, there there's (laughs) something, there's a lot of like morals and values, and I think that it's something that like it is romanticized because it's romantic. It's a cool way of life, and and I think there's so much about like being self-sustainable and You know, and and I think with all kind of Westerns, you get into that, like, moral code and like, you know, the right and wrong thing. Um, And also, I
0: mean, let's be honest. I mean, is there anything cooler than just rolling in on a fucking horse with a sweet looking morning cowboy hat and just like (laughs) hop like lassoing a bear? while it you know tries to like eat somebody i mean you're just you're it's fucking cool man it chaps. is cool yeah you got chaps on not a like, banjo though Your no, banjo, no no they, the cool they go they go yeah they brought in ryan I, bringing, playing the guitar had they cast me i've been bringing what, in the banjo hold on but,
1: did she i think you're about to say you
2: like a banjo
1: i love a banjo do you play Are banjo you? What's up? latest Yeah. I had a way to bury the lead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 uh one of you my,
1: co-
0: my COVID uh, projects was picking up the banjo. I've been picking.
2: Hell yeah. That's dope. I'm into that. See there.
0: See there. Banjo Lance? guy now.
2: Anti-mana, anti-mayonnaise banjo guy. <laughs> yeah. There you are.
0: There you go. I mean, if I don't get up, if I, <laughs> if I don't get a pack of finger picks sometime in the next 10 days,
2: I'm going to be you disappointed. Need a marble. <laughs> I didn't
1: realize how much I like just, just sending things to you and dropping things off at your house.
0: <laughs> it, it, it must be fun just because you know the reaction that you're going to get without even seeing me. 100%. 100%.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, the cowboy, but the cowboy culture thing is pretty like, what did you learn about cowboy culture since you started? You're in season three, so and this is the, one of the hottest shows around right now. It really is. It's really cool that you're in. It's now. no
1: Game of Thrones, but it is good. No, oh, right? Don't, right. Backtrack
2: now, Has. don't backtrack now, Hass. <laughs> don't backtrack now. But it really is. Now. It's something that people talk about. But I think one of the cool things that Taylor Sheridan's done, and now I'm off script, but I think one of the cool things that Taylor Sheridan's done is you mentioned it, and I really wanted to follow up on it. He basically said, "Okay, this is for cowboys." And then if you want to get in that's fine as long as you know that this is going to be this game is played by our rules which are going to be the cowboy rules and it's going to be about cowboy culture and and we're not going to broaden it out because you know everyone wants to well we need a broader base so that we can bring in more viewers that's actually not accurate if you're honest People appreciate the honesty, even if they don't know the show. I'm not an outdoorsman. And I've told Eric, I love the show alone, which is about, you know, these survivalists who get, who get put on an Island and they have to live there for as long as they can until they have to tap out when they've lost 60 pounds or whatever. Um, and bears are all over the place. And, but I don't, I don't, I could give a shit less about camping out ever a night in my life, but I love watching this cause it's true to their culture and their life. And, I think that's what, oh, sure. and, and I think that's awesome that, that, um, that he does the same thing with that show.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, Taylor is a real cowboy through and through, you know, he he's his cowboy as they come and, and he, you know, his writing, he doesn't have a writer's room. He writes the entire thing. Solo dolo, um, you know, out on his ranch and, um, and, and you can just see that in the dialogue and stuff. It's like, he knows, and there's so much, subtext in there too, you know? Um, and he also doesn't treat the audience like they're dumb. You know what I mean? He, he treats them like they're cowboys and that they would know. And if not, you know, um, look and it up. I, and I think, yeah. Look it look up, it up. yeah. And I yeah. think the audience appreciates that. And also like the whole kind of world of like cutting and sorting cattle and just like things that most people haven't even seen, um, but is such a, you know, kind of vital part of the American way of life um and you know it's great too like he put me through cowboy camp and we had to put on a rodeo and
0: you you, know. you uh you like barrel race in it don't you
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: d- so do you do did you do it yourself or do you have a stunt person
1: i had a stunt person for I mean, of uh, course, but day of but yeah well i mean also barrel racing is very dangerous and it's of like course. you know I-, I can practice doing it Outside of work, but on the day of, like,
0: <laughs> and you, you gotta know, to look it's a, like you know, like, like it's got to be pinpoint accuracy and look badass. A
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent. And Yellowstone has some of the best stunt people working I'm on that sure. show.
0: Are so sure. great. Did you did you get to? But did you get to do some barrel racing and and some? Yeah, I mean, obviously, cowboy camp. How, that must have been awesome.
1: Yeah, I've been, I've been, I'm pretty handy with nifty with a rope now. And oh, then we nice. do like. Yeah, I'll text you a video of me afterwards, uh, yes. like kind of cutting and stuff where they have this flag that moves. And, you know, it opened my eyes up to like just how, you know, these horses that are like, you know, they're they're the Porsches of horses. And, yeah. you know, these reining horses that, you know, slide and stuff and how intelligent some of these horses are where they know how to track the cattle. I mean, I could take my hands off the reins and they're still controlling where that cow goes. Um, and it's like you just feel so much more connected to an animal, and it's like you kind of have this agreed upon uh, goal, which is you know that's been such a cool thing for me.
0: Are you gonna buy a horse?
1: I already got one.
0: Yeah. Okay. okay I, <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't. Be. Where do you I keep mean, it? Like most people, like uh, actors, like after a couple seasons of a show, they, they they're
1: like, like I'm talk. Western now.
0: They they talk well, first of all, yeah. I mean, Lance knows that my wife had to tell me after like, you know, like after a week of being home, she's like, You know you're not really a Navy SEAL, right? So if you could
1: (laughs) I thought you were gonna say boardwalk and that you kept that accent from boardwalking (laughs) pot. My favorite thing about Eric, I actually need to take a second to say, like, he is a total HBO darling. HBO just cannot get enough. Of Eric fucking Layden.
0: Well, it's been a minute. Sure. I wish HBO would knock on my door again. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I went on a run there, and then you started referring to me as HBO darling across all mediums, <laughs> and they left.
2: <laughs> I jinx you. I Was you that right before H- the brink? Before I met you, yeah. HBO <laughs> darling Eric Layton uh, from yeah. the brink. Oh, we're not we're not going to uh, go forward with season two, Eric.
0: I mean, I had done like Big Love. I had done Boardwalk Empire. I yeah. was doing the brink and then Hassie was, you know, like on my Instagram talking about how I was an HBO darling. And then th- they haven't called <laughs> back. <laughs> They're
1: hey, like, what's a darling, always a darling. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is like I grew up in Texas. My family had a ranch growing up. So right. I kind of I did grow up around this cowboy culture. And, you know, the accent I do on the show is really my like real accent just coming creeping back in.
2: Was it? Did you have um, to eliminate that? Did you have to eliminate your te- your Texas? Oh yeah,
1: I even watch audition tapes for me. Like, and it, I wouldn't say that it's like something I like did in a contrived way, but I think just naturally, I had to like pull back on, you know, uh, my accent Sometimes, like on Tacoma FD, obviously we're in Washington, and every now and then <laughs> Kevin will be like, "Oop, getting a little western there, pull it back in." <laughs> Do
2: you guys know the word? There's one word that will trip you up if you're from Texas because I don't feel like I have I know an, it. a Texas accent. Can I take a stab? You say well you actually do do the this Is it T E N? 10 ten, yeah. 10 10 10 Yeah. No, it's actually fire. 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 If you shorten it up fire? Fire. It, fire. They'll know you're from no, Texas. No, it's total it's fire. It's hard to say fire.
1: It's a firehouse. Yeah, Yeah, you just so say
2: fire. What you I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said fire. What what? Sometimes
0: days sometimes also days of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday,
1: <laughs> Monday. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. But 10, 10 for me was always one that was really hard. And, and, you know, to say 10 and not 10, you know what or, you do, Eric, Or like, pin, like a writing pen. Oh, oh, it's pen, not pen.
2: Yeah. I'll do totally do pen. You yeah. also do instead of F O R for four, you do every once in a while, you'll get into a fur oh, every yeah. once in a while. I'll get into you'll a hit a fur. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, I had a funny one. I, 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 <clears throat> Our mutual friend Wilson uh, mm-hmm. didn't even want to tell me this one for a while. It, it, it was like three years, but I said uh, treadmill instead of treadmill. Oh, I called it a, a meal a tread- <laughs> treadmill.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, gonna it's run not out a tre-
1: treadmill. Yeah, it's not a
2: treadmill. Texas. You must be from West Texas then.
1: <laughs> I don't know where I'm from. Uh,
0: my um, father-in-law says Wash.
1: Oh, I still like Wash something. Yeah, no,
0: warsh- I don't like clothes. that one. Yeah, yeah, or like but, he throws an R. Roof. Yeah, it is a
2: roof, isn't it? Roof. It's a roof.
0: Yeah. It's what about that animal that has black eyes?
1: A uh, Scott? No.
0: No, that, that at nighttime,
2: a raccoon. Oh, a I don't raccoon. say raccoon. No, we're all pecan because we're from Texas. Not pecan. Not pecan? Right? No, we're not pecan. Pecan is pecan. whack. Yeah, yeah pecan that's, is bullshit. That's, that's like Georgia. <laughs> that's not Texas. Right. Also, yeah, yeah, pecan. oh so, also, pecans
0: suck, so there's really no reason to talk about Whoa, it. We don't have to get that break. fucking flagrant with Hold that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let me guess. You don't well, mind nuts in your chocolate chip cookie?
2: Yeah. Worst thing What's ever. What's wrong with worst thing ever? I mean, other what than they ruin about
1: nuts in it, your
2: brownies? Yeah, sounds done. great. Ru- still ruined. sounds great.
1: Oh, ruined. please. A Brownie without nuts is a waste of fucking time.
0: Okay. It is. A brownie without nuts is perfection. Uh, nuts in a brownie, they, they fuck with the texture. Like it's supposed to be moist no, and soft. Add
1: no, It's an
2: additional texture.
1: It's <laughs> no. a bonus I don't even texture. know what we have in common anymore, Leighton.
0: Addition by subtraction when you take away the nuts is what really you're looking for there. Said nobody ever. I guess hassie probably doesn't like milk duds either.
1: Ugh. Lance, I'm with you 100. Yeah. percent I do not because.
2: like Milk duds. There's nothing. I'm not saying I no milk does suck. And and Shay Serrano put him in his place, and and I put him in his place. He came with this weak ass candy. The uh, he was talking about. He had a great idea.
1: This it's is in this a name. Has gotta be the They're worst. A dud. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> not. There we go. She said
0: what Shay said. What is your candy of choice, Assy?
1: Ooh, I mean
0: unlimited like choices. A, like you're not at the like, theater. I like I like,
1: like Butterfingers.
0: A great candy, yeah,
1: great it's candy. candy. I love yeah. a good Butterfinger.
0: Yeah, good candy. That's a great, Do you co- like the Butterfinger bites or a full Butterfinger?
1: I mean, I'll mess with both of them. I don't care.
2: Right, yeah. you're not scared. What about chocolate-covered almonds? I already know you hate chocolate covered almonds because it's it's fucks with it's you to nut. have chocolate and nuts. Oh <laughs>
0: didn't say that. There's there's chocolate covered almonds, it's still just you know what you're getting. When you bite into a brownie and you're like, oh shit, was that a nut in there? That was terrible. When you eat chocolate <laughs> covered almonds, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna eat some almonds. They just haven't had so chocolate would on.
2: Anybody them. who makes edibles, would they ever make a brownie with nuts? Or is that like, nah, that's not what we're going for anyway. That's overkill.
1: I think, I think it's a choose your own adventure. You know, I mean, I, I, for one would like them in my edible, um, Are you an
0: edible person. Do you, do you, do you partake in, in the weed?
1: I like, um, you know, it's funny. I, my, my relationship to weed <laughs> waxes and wanes, but right. these days I like, I can microdose a little bit of an edible and feel pretty awesome. Right. Um, But, you know, it's like I'm a I'm a grown ass lady. I can't just be getting high all the time.
0: (laughs) No, but you can. But no, you can't be getting high all the time, but you can use it for, you know, purposes of recreation or or sleeping or, you know, in pain management. You know, I love CBD.
1: Actually, what I'm drinking is it like a CBD tincture thing.
0: Okay, so you're a little high right now.
1: No, no, CBD doesn't
2: get you I'm high. No, yeah, That's Everyone likes to joke who don't know anything about CBD. Whoa,
0: it's not THC. You got to just Google it. It's totally different. Hassie was at our house one night uh, for a little Christmas dinner. Oh,
1: this was so good. When,
0: when I might have overdosed the entire party.
1: What? what I, it was like you a secret Santa.
0: Um, we had a little Christmas dinner at my house. Six couples, <laughs> eight, eight, four couples, four couples eight of us. And after dinner and we had been drinking, we went in the living room and we did a little secret Santa. Right.
1: <laughs> and I, and the one thing that Eric put in that I ended up winning were these little THC edibles. And everybody was like, Oh, I'd like one I've never had them or it's been so long.
0: And I was like, no, no, no. Here's the deal with these things. They're, they're like super, the super, ratio. super mild. The ratio is like, is like 10, 10 CBD, to one THC, so literally it'll it'll be like a, like a half a glass of wine. I mean, it pretty much is meant to just like relax you. That's why I got them. <laughs> and so everybody's like, yeah, cool. So we pass them around, and everybody has one.
2: And you're try, you seem trustworthy. I mean, you've been astronauts, you've been Navy SEALs. Yeah, I mean, you, these you are all seem my friends. By the trustworthies. way, trustworthies. Yeah. yeah, these aren't people that just
0: know me from TV, Lance. These are my friends. Yeah, but they're in me, my home for Christmas. Yeah, but I judge you off of your
2: characters, like okay. If Scott Anderson gave it to me, you wouldn't trust him. I'm not fucking with Scott Anderson no, shit because he's no. a weasel. But Chris Kraft, you trust I trust him. Guy. Yeah, That's I trust guy. him. So
0: Crafty. they they pass around and it's fine. And and. Then like we just kind of chat and laugh for about 45 minutes and all of a sudden everyone is baked. I feel like we're all kind of high right now. And Hassie looks at the label and she goes, you thought they were CBD. So <laughs> I had gone. I there's nothing. There's no CBD in here. Okay. That's my bad. The ones that I was thinking of are actually in my closet and I must have put the wrong ones in there. And that's my bad in which my wife who Does not, under any circumstances, partake in weed at all and absolutely despises it. She's fake? She's purple. Okay. (laughs) She is like, she's catatonic. She hasn't talked in like 30 minutes and- Hassi thought it was like the greatest thing ever everybody we we you know katie stayed up till like four in the morning just cleaning the house it was it was actually glorious i woke up and felt (laughs) great and the house was spotless katie was like you need to not talk to me for a week you just you just drugged our entire party
1: it literally like there were a lot of people in that gathering, who felt very uncomfortable and very paranoid, and like, and me on the other hand, I just think the whole thing is hilarious. And it's all these women, and like, Eric, I've never seen you laugh that hard. You got into like a laughing fit that you couldn't reel I back couldn't in, <laughs> and some of the ladies there did not think that was funny,
2: but you and I did. But it was,
1: we thought it was amazing.
2: <laughs> how many of those ladies are still in your life now, Eric, and how many exited?
0: Uh one's my wife and, and then there's Hassies. <laughs> well she didn't think it was
2: well, your wife didn't think it was funny, obviously. Not
0: very. Not mm-hmm. very. Not very. That was uh yeah, that's the only time I've really drugged anybody.
2: Uh, <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, it's one good. Time. yeah it's I was just once.
0: Yeah, I wasn't one of those people that like root feed girls or anything like that. So that
2: was oh, really good. That's yeah. good too, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Am I supposed to dog. applaud for you yeah. on that? Or? Exactly. I mean, no, I just wanted so everybody to know did you that. You know, was, you said that out loud. You just said that out loud with
0: your I, inside I voice. I just wanted you to know that it was—it's outside of my personality. to Chris do something Kraft
1: like that. would never but do that. He so coulda. He could The option was there.
2: Yeah, you—you. You, I mean, you did drop a mega dose of THC on everybody at a Christmas party. <laughs>
0: It was it was our secret Santa intimate affair. OK, <laughs> by
2: the way, that's I the like, intro to this podcast is 100 percent going to come from that. The
1: story. intimate affair. Just call it the intimate affair. <laughs> Wait, now this could be a great show, darling. Has
2: it be a great short for
0: intimate affair?
2: That would be a great <laughs> short um, like uh, the the show that's on HBO that the one that you're not invited on, Eric, mm-hmm, another mm-hmm. HBO show. If you were the darling, you'd oh, be on Oh, High Maintenance. High Maintenance, yes. So good. So High Maintenance is really good. That, that could show. be an episode. What for happened sure. for you guys totally beyond High Maintenance. For sure. There's also 100.
0: something like, yes, High Maintenance is great because it, you know, do you all watch that show? I Obviously, yeah. I do. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I've watched a bunch of it, but I, right. I haven't kept up with this last season. I mean, I think the last one I watched was all through the perspective of a dog and I was like, whoa
2: oh that was crazy the one where he's in the yeah and he's sitting there the entire now if you're high watching that that would really fuck you up a little bit and it was a good episode it was it was a fun little episode was, um, i mean it's my it, was it was one risky of those
0: shows it was risky they maybe maybe they made that episode for people that were high like, i think that's like what Taylor it was sheridan makes his show for cowboys they were just like this this is a shout out to all our people who watch our show just all the stoners out there yeah this <laughs> one's for you this one's for you um has did you when you rolled into to yellowstone uh was there a little bit of like oh you know because you're coming you're coming off a of comedy I mean you're doing a comedy and a drama at the same time like that's the best you're you're like you you, you should thank your lucky stars at the moment because you know you're living like the dream right now right um I've got,
1: I always say I've got more blessings than I can say grace over right now I feel really lucky
0: no, it's it's fantastic. And the fact that you get to jump from one to the other is awesome. But then you roll into Yellowstone, a show that had already been on the air for a while. You got Kevin Costner at the table and, you know, all these great actors. Taylor Sheridan's there. I mean, were there nerves?
1: I mean, of course, I yeah. think uh, anybody's got to have nerves. I mean, my first scene, it was like a bunkhouse scene. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'll get to know all the other actors. And, it, you know, it's one of those scenes we're doing it at like six in the morning. And I'm like, you know, uh. And then we're, they're about to like call action. And then Kevin Costner just rolls in and I'm still like yet to meet him. And then he just goes and sits like right next to one of the cameras and just sits down with coffee. And he's like, in his like slides, like just, he's like, continue. Don't stop. Cause I'm here. Um, just wanted to watch the scene. I'm like, Oh great. <laughs> Costner's just going to watch my first scene. Um, no, but you know, it's like, I think with any, um, any, switched on person is going to have a certain level of like nerves and channeling that stuff into excitement. And, you know, I think that like my character is a pretty high energy person and, um, it, it played for that, but yeah, of course. And it's like, you want, you know, you know, you want to fit in with a family. I mean, sure luckily those guys, they're all so welcoming and cool and kind of, you know, treat me like a sister. So it's,
2: pretty awesome clicked up with who's the person you're really clicked up one or two one whatever it is on the show that you're like wow this person we're really tight now
1: um i love luke grimes he's so awesome Laden, you worked with him he's awesome
2: i love luke
0: i love
1: he's he's just like a solid dude and and we have a similar sense of humor um and, uh, we yeah, spent, I mean, I, I really we
0: spent uh, a month in Morocco and, uh, he, between he and and Jake and I, uh, was kind of our crew and it was, he was, he's a blast. He's so fun. We have, we have lots of good stories from that trip.
1: Yeah. But I mean, everybody I've worked with on the show is lovely. So it, I, I feel blessed. You know, I think everyone's just so excited to be a part of a, a story, you know, that people are liking and, and, you know, just feel grateful to be on a Western, you know what I mean? To get to do a modern Western. And we all went through cowboy camp together. So that kind of like, you know, Taylor's really good about making sure we stay up with that. So it's such a bonding thing to do. And it's, you know, we get teamed up and do rodeo stuff. And so it's, it's
0: you're in bonding. You're in Montana, right? Mm -hmm. So what's your, I mean, not when you shoot the show, you're in Montana.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, we did part of, part of it in park city. And okay. part of it in Montana.
0: And, and so what's your, you're in a relationship and right. Is that correct? Am I allowed to say that? On the
1: show? Yeah. No, no, no.
0: In real life.
1: Oh, oh, Sure.
0: Yeah. We, so I don't know. No, no, no. So I know. Happy to. No, no, no. I was just going to say, how do you manage being on location? Cause I know Katie and I, it's like a delicate balance, you know, when you're like out of town for so long, you know, I always find that to be like a really delicate balance of like how you can manage being away for work, being home, being, you know, with your significant other, it's hard, you know, do, I mean, do you find that that's been difficult?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't have kids yet, so it's pretty right. easy. It's like, we, you know, if, he books a job I'll go be with him or vice versa. I mean, I'm working on a job right now, which it's trickier because, um, given the COVID stuff, it, you know, it, it becomes a bit of a punish to get your partner up here. They have to do the full quarantine and get two tests to clear and stuff like that. But, you know, I think, and thank God for FaceTime. Yeah. good Lord. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's not without its challenges. It's like, I haven't seen him in a month. Um, but you know, um, I'm worried about,
0: yeah, it does sort of, um, I'm worried about the COVID (laughs) situation because sort of, well, I'm just, I'm worried about not being able with my kids, you know, not being able to see them for a significant amount of time. Like I've had, you know, I've had people, you know, my reps have reached out about certain jobs that they'd be like, you have to be here for six weeks, but nobody can come and you can't travel. I mean, and it's just a whole, you know, where usually I could travel freely. And that, that certainly is like an added, added piece of the puzzle that you have to figure out.
1: A hundred percent, you know, and I think it's hard, it's tricky, you know, it's like, um, You know, you got to put on masks between takes as soon as they yell cut. You got to put your mask back on and then makeup has to come in and like repowder you from where your mask was. And, you know, there's um, I get tested three times a week and there's a lot of, you know, that's really yummy for my nasal cavities. Oh, Oh, you'd hate that. I feel like you've had nasal stuff your whole life.
0: Oh, really? What gave that away? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm a mess uh,
1: your uh, your afrin addiction <laughs> you,
2: okay you know what enough We're this is not you know she knows way more shit on she has way more shit on you i need to like i'm gonna Lance, follow her me. on instagram yes me, i'm gonna bro. call you I, did I have need a
0: brief this. i did have a brief addiction to afrin uh when i was in high school and, burned and you a hole can't in get my addicted nose. yeah you can't get addicted to I it burned i burned a hole in my nose
1: i mean full disclosure so i always knew that story about you so i was like careful with afrin I didn't tell you this, but it happened to me. I had that, like, uh, reverse effect happen one time when I had the flu, like, a year and a half ago. And, like, strangely, I just thought of you the entire time. I'm like, I should call it. Uh, No, a cold, sorry.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, you've had the flu and you thought of me. I do appreciate, though, you thought, like, I'm having sinus issues, I should call Layden.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it's just, like, to get that, like, that reverse effect Mm. when you use too much Afrin. I forget what it's called, but it's, like, it's
0: called fucked up. I was in bad, bad shape. Lance, I used this stuff. I couldn't breathe in high school. Like I could not breathe. And so Afrin has some a drug called oxymetazoline in it, which is highly, highly, highly addictive. And so oxymetazoline is what makes your, like when you take Afrin, it, it like opens you up immediately. That's the drug that opens up your turbinates and like open up your sinuses so you feel like you can breathe. Well, you're supposed to use it max for like three days is two squirts each nostril, like once a day. And then you're and, all... And then you're, you are you got to bounce. Well, what happens is you continue to use it. Instead of lasting 12 hours, it lasts 10 hours and then eight and then seven and then six. And I was using Afrin every 30, 45 minutes, five, six squirts in each nose. Um, I mean, <laughs> like i an got to oxy a place, junkie. Dude, I got to a place one night where I was because it was my senior year I could drive I woke up at about three in the morning at a buddy's house I was staying the night over there I drove home because I woke up I couldn't breathe and I was jonesing for afrin so bad I drove home to be able to take some afrin and then about a week later I'm sitting at uh, a basketball game at my high school and my buddy Ross turns to me and he goes dude are you okay and I was like Geez. he's like your nose is gushing blood they stopped the game they, they stopped the high school game. I'm a senior in high school. They stopped the game. The the uh, trainer comes over. I am in a pool of blood. It is Hold a. No, were faucet. you watching or playing? Watching, watching. I'm they a have observer. to
2: stop a game because Dude. there's such a bad bloody nose for someone watching. <laughs> when I tell
0: you, it was like a faucet. I was losing so much blood so rapidly that they got the trainer over. Took me it was a bloodletting. It was <laughs> so gnarly, and so then I ended up having to get surgery on my repaired like septum because I burned a hole through it using Afrin. And to this day, my ENT still doesn't believe me that I didn't have a cocaine addiction. He's like, (laughs) you know, and it's LA. So I'm like, I did not do cocaine. I've never done it in my entire life. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm, Okay.
1: Yeah, it's okay. But no judgment here.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. You're the one that thought you had CBD gummies too, right? Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, I want to ask so we we've got to ask you these questions. These are the three questions at the end of every show. And it and it makes sense. This is entertainment business, but especially mm. since we've had quarantine, everyone's watching a ton except for those of you who have book work. Um a ton a ton of TV, a ton of shows, right? So I'm going to ask you the basic one. What what are you watching? Like right now and right now can be within the last two weeks. Maybe you wrapped it up. but What are you watching right now?
1: I mean, this is going to sound so narcissistic and self-serving, but both of my shows are on. So I've been watching Tacoma as it comes out and Yellowstone. Um, But then I've gone back and watched some Fleabag, a little Secession. um, All right. Some kind of like greatest hits things. But no, I need to get into some new content
2: as well we have never talked about Fleabag, and I oh, in so lo- my wife knows I'm in love with uh, uh, Phoebe. Waller Phoebe Bridge. I think she's I think she's no we're not Kate Waller uh, Bridge yeah. yeah I think Phoebe Kate's was earlier in my life where I was in love with her but, um, <laughs> but yeah I think she is so unbelievably talented and succession she's is another one that I think is fantastic. Those two shows are awesome choices those are both great. Hassi,
0: what is a show that you think is underrated?
2: <clears throat> huh.
0: Great show that's underrated, that you're not in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, you're taking that away. Yeah. <laughs> well, but Now, now I Tacoma. really don't
1: know. Um, God, I mean, I don't... <sighs>
0: A show or An movie,
1: rated show. Yeah,
0: show or movie. Maybe a or show movie. that, like, when it's on TV or on, you just stop at it all the time. And maybe it's not one that you think everybody. I feel like is, the right?
1: killing. Nobody really liked. Oh, but it nice. was pretty well good. Played. Well yeah. played.
0: Well played. Well played. Wait to throw me a bone there. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm still <laughs> no. gonna. I, I'm still gonna. I'm still coming with you with like hassie Harrison says that Yellowstone is the next Game of Thrones. So like, no matter how many bones you throw me.
1: You know what? That's fine. People are gonna hear it in the context and what i was what i had meant to say no what i said
2: it's what you said don't let him rattle you he's still upset about the mayonnaise okay now <laughs>
0: last one is what would you be watching when nobody's home guilty
2: pleasure viewing
1: Ooh, guilty pleasure you know it's funny like i don't like any of like the reality tv mm-hmm. type stuff It's just it doesn't appeal to me at all um I guess if I went like super deep guilty pleasure, it'd be like old uh, Gossip Girl from like eight years ago.
2: That's a, good good one. That's that's a great a good one. one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like that's like my kind of, yeah, total guilty play. I, I really ne- need to apparently get into Outlander and Vikings just because I hear that's like a real panty splash.
0: Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I don't watch either nor wear panties so yeah. um or splash it's certainly not as much as cardi b these days but um Ooh, wow. that's a panty splash i just
1: had to look that acronym up because i'm like everyone's using this so freely what does it stand for and i was like oh
0: <laughs> have you seen the video no oh do yourself a pleasure when we're off the podcast in a second just
1: that'll uh, be my flip- new guilty pleasure i don't know <laughs> but, you know
0: but it's a uh, it's a hell of a video it's subtle. I mean, it's, it's subtle. It's subtle. It's, uh, it's super subtle. Yeah, it's not on the nose at all. <laughs> uh, Hassi, we're going to let you go. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for taking the time. And And honestly, you are... Uh, such a good friend and i say this with such great sincerity that i could not be more proud of you and you know watching you kick ass right now on two different shows um it is of zero surprise to me or katie uh and it's just it's awesome to watch you kick ass and uh yeah enjoy the ride
1: oh thank you so much i really appreciate y'all's time and
2: thanks for dropping some bombs on eric because they will continue to come up on this podcast
1: Call me anytime, Lance. I have more. I I want them for like over a year. I need them all. (laughs) Later, Hass. Bye. Thanks, Ashley.
0: Great stuff. Okay, another episode in the books. That is 15. And we got a guest lined up for next week. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. Thanks as always. Friends of the program, Blackland Distillery FW, keeping us and our guests lubed up with the finest of spirits gin, vodka, bourbon, rye. Our music's by Josh Cook. Here lies foe. See you next week.